Hey guys and welcome back to another episode of Let's Talk Liverpool. Hope you guys are all doing well. Before I jump into a review of the Chelsea Liverpool game, I want to give a quick shout out to my YouTube channel. For those of you guys who aren't watching the videos on YouTube or listen to them on podcast or something, um, I did a watch along for this game for the first time. Uh, I've, I've tested a few watch-alongs in the past and it's something I want to do a lot more of this season and we'll be doing various Premier League games, Carabao Cup games, FA Cup games, possibly even some Champions League games. So please do drop me a subscription on YouTube uh, so you're notified when I'm doing another one of those streams. But let's get into this game then. Chelsea-Liverpool, a fantastic performance from the Reds. Uh, uh, the exact the exact result we wanted and needed. Um, can't afford to slip behind any any of the teams uh, at the beginning of the season because we saw what happened last season when the teams behind us uh, didn't keep up with us at the beginning and then they all kind of just faded away after that. So it was really, really important for us uh, to get three points and keep that pressure on. And we're already, and keep that pressure on City as well. We're already six points clear of them. I know, yes, they haven't played a game, but psychologically, that's a really big thing. Um, and something that I'm sure will be playing on Pep's head, uh, you know, whilst they've got that game in hand. Uh, before the game, obviously, there were a couple of questions uh, around the team lineup. Uh, the main one being the centre-back change. Joe Gomez started against Leeds. Uh, but it was actually Fabinho who started uh, in defence this time. There were some questions uh, around why Joe Gomez was omitted, uh, whether it was because of injury or whether he was left out. I think Klopp's come out and said he was injured, uh, but don't really have any more details as, as of recording this of uh, how severe that might be or um, or how long he might be out for or anything like that. But uh, obviously going into that, there was a question of Fabinho. Uh, Klopp's talked about possibly buying a fourth centre-back, um, but Fabinho uh, played amazingly well. And we'll talk a bit more about why I, why I think he played so well uh, and how impressed I was with him a little later on in this episode. But he was amazing. And um, the rest of the team was very much the kind of same standard team that we played against Leeds last week. So one thing I was one thing that surprised me a bit in this game, particularly watching the first 15-20 minutes, was uh, Chelsea's approach to pressing uh, and pressure on us. Uh, obviously, they weren't really pressing too high, you know, in terms of getting on top of Van Dijk and, and Fabinho, and I can understand that most teams don't do that. But the player they were giving a lot of space to was Jordan Henderson. Uh, and obviously Jordan Henderson was playing that kind of pivot position uh, that he normally sometimes might not play with Fabinho there, but with Fabinho and centre-back, Jordan Henderson was playing that kind of quarterback position. And they were just letting him have the freedom of Stamford Bridge. No one was getting close to him. Uh, Kai Havertz, who actually was playing down the middle rather than Timo Werner, was getting nowhere near uh, Jordan Henderson. He had all the time to, to play a short pass into the feet of the strikers or, or spray the ball out wide to one of the fullbacks. And um, yeah, it was, it was just a very, a very strange approach that I thought Frank Lampard took. Uh, in contrast, we were pressing exactly how we pressed. When, when it was a goal kick, we had our front three were pretty much lined up across the uh, across the penalty box with our midfield pushed up and our back four basically on the halfway line, knowing that you know Timo Werner, Kai Havertz, Mason Mount aren't going to spin in behind you uh, and and beat you for pace. And also, if the ball gets played up, Virgil Van Dijk and Fabinho are going to beat you know that front three in the air every day. Um, and so it was very, very easy for Virgil van Dijk and, and Fabinho to defend there. Uh, the couple of times that they did get behind us after a cute bit of play from uh, Timo Werner, Fabinho did really, really well standing up to um, standing up to Timo Werner, not going to ground. Uh, I think maybe uh, Frank Lampard made the decision to play Timo Werner there with obviously Trent pushing on, which would leave some space in behind uh, for Timo Werner to, to operate in. But Fabinho just shut him down, like absolutely shut him down, stayed on his feet when he needed to. Uh, stuck his foot in when he needed to and just you know completely bossed Timo Werner for the whole game uh, and Timo Werner had a pretty poor game we had the penalty obviously later on we'll talk about that a bit later but um, other than that Timo Werner wasn't wasn't uh, wasn't overly impressed uh, impressive in this game I think 
the only criticism I would have of, of us in the first half was that we didn't really uh, take any shots at Kepa. We didn't really uh, force too many saves from him. Um, he did look a bit suspect the times he was called into action. There was one chance where the ball kind of just awkwardly ricocheted and he came out to get the ball um, uh, and Mo Salah nipped in in front of him, but Christensen came and saved him that time. But Kepa was looking a bit shaky and uh, that's the one thing I was, I guess, disappointed about in the first half is that we didn't uh, force more saves from Kepa uh, and probably and probably force some mistakes from him. And obviously towards the end of the, end of the first half, well, both teams were kind of you can thinking, thinking a bit about the second half, thinking about how we're going to continue in the second half. Uh, I think the first half was very much a kind of a sparring contest. But that all changed with the long straight ball from Jordan Henderson. Normally when straight balls are played, you don't expect them to work because uh, it's very easy as a defense to, to play against a straight ball. But what makes it what makes it very difficult to, to defend, sorry is when you have a straight ball, but you have a diagonal run. So normally you play a diagonal ball and you have a straight run, but this way around it was a straight ball with a diagonal run. Fabulous run from out to in from Sadio Mane. Kepa had committed. Um, not sure why he committed. Christensen, Christensen, yes, he was on the wrong side of Mane, but Mane was still about a good 20 yards away from goal. Um, and so it would have been... Uh, still a, a lot of work for Sadio Mane to pick the ball up there, control it, and then beat Kepa. But when Kepa came steaming out, uh, he kind of gave uh, Christensen no choice but to take Sadio Mane out because the pace at which Sadio Mane was running, he was definitely going to nick the ball past Kepa and then obviously he would have had an open goal to score into. Uh, and after initially giving a, a yellow card, the referee came to his senses and gave him a red card. It had to be a red card. Mane was obviously going to get there and knock the ball past him. Um... Uh, and yeah, that kind of changed everything going into 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 the second half, and um, it changed both the team talks at halftime for both Frank Lampard and Jurgen Klopp. Um, and so the pressure was all going to be on us in the second half to make sure we broke down that Chelsea team and, and scored. And uh, that's exactly what we did. Um, the front three linking up very very well. Uh, actually, the goal very much reminded me of a goal that Sadio Mane scored against Chelsea at Anfield a couple of seasons ago, where he peeled off at the far post, got in front of uh, Aspilicueta. It was that time uh, and headed the ball in. This time, he got in front of Reese James, and uh, that's exactly what we needed at the beginning of the second half, uh, because Chelsea were obviously with ten men going to sit sit back, sit behind the ball, um, and so getting an early goal really really helped that and, and kind of take some of the pressure off. Uh, but before I continue and go and talk about the second half, I want to talk a bit about Thiago, um, obviously who we've who was announced only on Friday uh, and was uh, all the paperwork was submitted in time to get him to play in this game, which was uh, fantastic to see. Uh, I was super super excited uh, to see Thiago come on at halftime. Obviously, I've spent a, not too much time watching Thiago, but has spent some time watching him in the Champions League um, more specifically, uh, and he's been quality player and an absolutely fantastic signing for us. Um, at Liverpool. Uh, I guess the one worrying thing about that though was that he came on for an injury for Henderson. Um, as of the time of recording this, it's hard to say. I don't have any information as to how serious the injury might be. They said it was a thigh strain, so it sounds like it's precautionary. Um, but this was very much the game for Thiago to come on to. It was a great game for him to get used to the teammates, get used to the way Liverpool play. Um, probably wouldn't get him used to the pace of the Premier League just because Chelsea were sitting back and they weren't kind of pressing as much as uh, they would do if they had 11 men but it, it was just a perfect game for him to come on to 45 minutes uh, moved the ball really well and I, honestly I was just really excited to see him on he was he, he um, yeah as I said he's been such a great player for Bayern Munich over the past seven seasons uh, and I'm so excited to see what he'll do for Liverpool this season 
And after that first goal, it very much um, was kind of a one-way traffic. It was very much the Liverpool train coming to hit uh, Chelsea. Uh, and they really didn't help themselves with the second goal. I'm not going to lie. Kepper, uh, I'm not sure what he was doing. Um, kind of, he just, he took a little bit too long on the ball. I'm not sure why he was dilly-dallying so much. Um, and Sadio Mane kind of just stuck his foot out, uh, trapped the ball as Kepper tried to clear the ball uh, inside his six-yard box. And then it was an open goal for uh, Sadio Mane to smash into. And and I guess the question of uh, from a Chelsea perspective is, is, is that the final nail in the coffin um, for his Chelsea career? Obviously, there's been these talks about them signing this goalkeeper from Wren, I think it is. Um, and Kepper, you know, he wasn't really helping himself out both with the first half decision to come out and and, and then also the um, kicking the ball away to Sadio Mane who scored. And um, the one thing I did like uh, about this, particularly the second goal, was that even though we were one up, we were winning, we were playing against 10 men, all of the players, everyone was still very much up for it and pressing players, um, not giving Chelsea any time to, to kind of, you know, take time on the ball and just pass out from the back. Uh, last week, I was a little bit uh, critical of the Liverpool team and kind of saying that maybe I was seeing some signs of complacency in the team. Um, and this performance completely blew that out of the water. The second half was incredibly professional. Um, and I think the second the second goal was just a perfect example of that. He was, uh, Sadio Mane was pressing, but, you know, Firmino, Salah, Keita were all behind him as well, pressing. So it was great to see them. Uh, and then obviously Sadio Mane got the reward with his goal. And so I saw a very, very professional um, performance for Liverpool, particularly in the second half, which I was super glad to see and um, kind of rested some of those fears I, I had that uh, we may we may suffer from some complacency this season. But after that, after that second goal, it was very much one-way traffic after that way. It was, it was a training exercise. Uh, and as I talked about, though, a very, very professional one, which I think was really, really good. Obviously, we had uh, that kind of one error, which was Thiago coming across um, uh, Timo Werner in the box, which gave them the penalty. I think it was unnecessary. Um, he came in with a, just a bit too much energy. It was a very, very light clip. Uh, I think if he didn't give it, I don't think VAR was going to give it. Um, I didn't think it was clear and obvious, but you know when Timo was when Timo Werner was running at the pace at which he was running, uh, there's obviously also always the chance that he could clip him. Uh, and then it was a, you know it was a great save from Allison Jorginho finally missing his first penalty uh, in English football. Um, but yeah, after that, it would have been very interesting to see. I think uh, if Chelsea had scored that goal, because um, I wonder whether they would have gambled and, and put men forward to see whether they got that goal uh, to get the second, to get the equaliser. Uh, but uh, alas, uh, Alisson saved the ball, Virgil van Dijk cleared it. And after that, it was very much game over. And it was kind of just going through the motions there uh, towards the end of the game uh, before Liverpool walked away from Stamford Bridge with the three points. And as I talked about at the beginning, that takes us to third in the Premier League uh, behind, I think it's Everton and Arsenal, I want to say. Uh, it's very strange seeing us behind Everton, but I'm sure that won't be the case for, for too much longer. But it's been a perfect start to the season. Getting the win last week was huge and very, very important. And Chelsea was going to be a very tough test, obviously, given the players they've bought. Obviously, not everyone was playing, but you know many people are expecting Chelsea to be up there. So beating your rivals away from home uh, would be a huge, huge thing. So I want to end the episode, guys, like I always do with a shout out to Klopp. And, and this is really around what we talked right at the top of the episode about uh, Fabinho. Klopp's, there's been some rumours and reports that Klopp's in the market for a fourth centre-back uh, to support Virgil van Dijk, Gomez and Matip. And I don't think he needs to. 
Uh, I think he's got a ready-made centre-back there in Fabinho who can play in midfield as well. Uh, and he's shown he can be mature in that position and, and fantastic, uh, both defensively and attacking as well. Uh, and he showed just today, again, how good he can be against a top-quality striker like Timo Werner. So Jürgen Klopp, I think you can call off that call off that search for another defender and, and, and Fabinho, Fabinho will do as our fourth centre-back. But that's it for this episode, guys. Thank you very much for watching. Make sure you subscribe to my YouTube channel if you're not already. And I'll catch you guys on the next one.